Now then, Lids, if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash haveawordpod and sign up. Everyone that signs up on Patreon will get discounts for merch, discounts for live shows, also early availability on content and tickets. And this is the big one. You will get the Wednesday afternoon Patreon-exclusive episode. So Monday's episode is for everybody. Fridays, that's for every motherfucker as well. But Wednesday's episode is only on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers and award-winning beer magazine and a tasty snack the second you sign up they'll send them out in the post here and you can't catch corona from the post all you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time sign up now at beer52.com slash word that's our exclusive link that's b-e-e-r 52.com slash w-o-r-d you'll claim your free case of beer and for every person that signs up via that link only they slide us a little bit of money that supports the podcast it helps us out it's win-win so do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Now, I'm getting the word nuts. <gasps> ja! Upset me, nasty bitch. Catch me outside, how about that? I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! Follow us on social media at HaverWordPod. And don't forget to watch our very funny podcast videos on YouTube. You can subscribe at youtube.com forward slash HaverWordPod. They go by Alan and Dave, Aaron and Dean, Grandad and the Yeti, or even Chanel and Denise. But what's for sure is they are the funniest leads in the podcast game. Don't be a Tory. Down your tabo shandy and tell a friend. This is Hava Wad. You already recording? Yes, fam. Sweet. How are you, kids? I'm having a fucking hummus, lad. Listening to hip hop, having a fucking rude boy. Extravagant bad boy. Mm. I've got into hummus lately, you know. Good. It's a proper, it's a proper Tory snack, like, but as long as you're voting Labour, you can live Tory. In the infamous words of the great Gav Webster, guy, everyone needs to fucking leave hummus alone. It's a pound down at the co-op. So, it's no longer the middle-class conceit of uh, early naughty stand-up, like, <laughs> he, re- he eats hummus. Now everyone can get fucking hummus, and it's quite nice. It's delicious. I, I've been having the reduced fat one, though, obviously, oh, God, to help shed me tits. Um, but yeah, I have them with these salt and pepper crackers that I get from Tesco with a bit of reduced fat hummus. I have like five crackers, about 60 grams of hummus, and it's about 200 calorie snack. It's fucking wondies. Deep fry it. Extra, extra tasty. Chips on the side. 
Chips and hummus. What a lovely meat. Oh, nice T-shirt, by the way. Like a bit. Have you got your camera on, by the way? Yeah. Oh, it's going to look nice. You're going to really, gonna really pop, do you know what I mean? All that health from the hummus and a yellow T-shirt. It's just a changed woman. Yeah, me Levi's top. I, I mean, I really, you know, just before you carry on, I'm really glad. I'm really glad we took that tack with hummus. As I was eating it, I was like, I'm going to get ripped to fucking bits here. I can feel it coming. And Adam was like, hey, a little bit sunny. But actually, it's quite nice. I was like, oh, jolly good. That's nice. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't slag it off for it because I eat it myself. I got slagged off the other day because I made myself um, a piece of steak with a, a bit of salad on the side as me dinner. And I had a, like a, a 200 gram piece of rump, delish, cooked medium, pink as fuck. No blood. Lovely. And then on the side, I'd done some mushrooms. and a bit of baby leaf salad. Yeah. But then the thing that people kicked off about is I had some olives with me steak and mushrooms and leaves. What do you reckon on me olives? Do you uh, like olives? You see, it's a difficult... Yeah, I'm not an olive guy. Not an olive guy. Although, like classic lower middle class working class lad, quite like the really fucking plasticky cheap ones chopped up on a pizza sometimes. I don't... You know, like the ones that have been out in the fucking... The takeaway for ages under the under the glass. <laughs> not properly refrigerated. They've dried out and they're about 40% like man-made fiber you can feel it in the rubberiness of them <laughs> i like those but if someone's like mm, oh these are beautiful fresh olives what do you prefer and they're all oily and like people are sticking cocktail sticks and like, like nah mate could, you like olives that could be perfectly suited as bb gun ammunition <laughs> <laughs> yes mate yes mate you could stick a lighter to them and you know if you've got a puncture on a tyre on your car car wheel just fucking jam one of them rubbery cunts in you'll be like we'll be able to make it home from here on it thank fuck you had old pizza in the back I I'm not a big fan I'll be honest I saw I saw that that like picture that you put online and your culinary life is I think more aspirational than your actual life I think (laughs) Every time, like you, 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 you know, all comedians, all working class comedians have got to take the piss out of themselves a bit. But there's two things you don't joke about Liverpool Football Club, you really, and LFC, not fucking with that. But you're cooking. You're like, right, all jokes aside, I am fucking good at this. Look at that. Like, there's, there's not even an attempt at like, and here's a fucking, you know, a McCain smiley face jammed on the side. You're like, no, genuinely, I am good at this shit. Fair play. Oh. I'm, you seem like you're in a good mood. I'm in a fucking belter, Adam. How's your day going? It's going all right. I woke up in a bit of a funk, to be honest, but I'm slowly coming out of it. I had, I've had a couple of days here where I just... It's been quite weird. I've almost got like a bipolar mood at the minute, and I don't want to take the piss out of bipolar. It's a very serious condition that has affected my family, and I'm not trivialising such a serious mental illness. You wouldn't. You but wouldn't. Three, three days ago, I was... The happiest I've been since lockdown. I was in a fucking great mood. I'd weighed myself and I was like, oh, oh, oh the tits are falling off. And I was I was just flying. Jay was like, what the fuck's the matter with you? Have you won the lottery or something? You're not telling me. I was like, no, I've just lost another pound. I was in such a good mood. And then yesterday and this morning when I woke up and the day before, actually, I've just been, I've just had a bit of a cunt on. You know, when you just like, you wake up a bit. Ugh, pissed off and I think I've figured out something that's related to it so 
as I've told you before, I've got like braces at the minute. That it's an Invisalign thing. It's like an invisible tray that you put in your mouth and it slowly straightens your teeth. Now, my course of that was supposed to take 17 weeks, right? And every week you get a new tray to put in, which is slightly tighter than the last one. And it slowly moves your teeth into place, right? Now, I had tray number eight for 12 weeks because of lockdown. So my teeth were the exact same shape as tray number eight because it was in for that long. So it was very comfortable for me to have that tray in. I've now, two days ago, I went to the dentist. So I've now got number nine and it's tight as fuck and I have to sleep with it in. And I'm waking up with a headache, which I'm confusing as a bad mood. So I'm waking up like with my mouth screaming at me because I've got this fucking vice on my teeth all night. But so I'm, it would have been I, I, it would have been annoying anyway, wouldn't it, to go from eight to nine? But that's usually a shorter jump. So basically, yeah. right? Okay. So Sounds I woke up today in a fuck. bit of a pissed off. I woke up at half ten and I didn't get out of bed till one o'clock. I was just in bed for two and a half hours, scrolling my phone. I watched the new Dave Chappelle thing that Netflix have put on YouTube, and. I just I just didn't move and then I've got up I've had two cups of coffee I've had a little bit of breakfast and I've weighed myself again and I've lost another two pounds I have gone from 16 stone 7 to 15 stone 4 in just three weeks motherfucker Hercules Hercules (laughs) (laughs) wait you really made me laugh you're like the tits are dropping off me I'm down to six (laughs) <laughs> Met good I love it it's good to see you don't have a great shut down poker face that's what I'm learning about you <laughs> when you're not when you're not feeling it this is a high pressure zoom meeting where we look into each other's fucking eyes a bit too much for, to really be comfortable and I'm starting to... I can read you. And I'm like, literally got on and I was like, oh, Adam's in the mood for this today. Fucking... <laughs> he's taken the brace off. He's twatted two coffees. Hug and live. Really good to it. I got... I got. I just need to go out and have a little bit of a, a walk. And I... I was feeling weirdly testy because I've been trying to do some... I, I messaged you about it. I've been trying to just do some editing and I, I'm getting there with the editing of stuff, but it's one of them fiddly things where you're like, I know that in a month this is going to be a piece of piss, but I'm just like, it's just annoying when you've got it down one way to slightly change what you're doing. Then you're like, oh fuck, I've got to learn this again. I was getting narky and Laura's stripping wallpaper in one room because she's woken up fucking on one. And uh, I just, I needed to go out and get some fresh air and I've been meaning to speak to Scott Bennett, who's a comedian mate of mine, and ours like and I haven't spoken to him loads we used to speak all the time he used to be one of my go-to phone phone them on a, on the way to a gig and for whatever reason we've been on different frequencies during the shutdown because he's a bit of a fretter and he's a little bit of a worst case scenario and that doesn't work well for me and I'm like ah come on be alright we'll just get on with it and that almost didn't tune in with him and we've hardly spoken so I was feeling you testy. Spoke to Scott a few times and then immediately spoke to Freddie Quinn. Oh my Freddie's God. Because Freddie's like, bah, 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 we'll be back gigging in July. It's all going to be fine. And him and Scott should have a conversation. He, Scott will depress Freddie a bit and Freddie will raise Scott up a bit and we'll create two perfect human beings. <laughs> there, is, there is a happy medium and it's neither of them cunts, I'm telling you. Like that, that. And I, I love Freddie and I love Scott, but they are either end of the 
Like, one is, like, glass half empty. One is, like, ha- glass half full. But it's more than that. It's, like, one is, like, it's overflowing. I have got too much liquid for the glass. And the other's, like, it's been shattered into a child's <laughs> eye. Like, it's <laughs> the most... It's so stressful listening to them. Like, Scott's, like, initially, he's... What I'm saying is, I, I went out for a walk, and I rang him, and I've been meaning to, and it was high risk because I was feeling a bit het up. And he's in a better place. And I was like, do you know what? That's great. To hear someone, he's got on with it. He's done a shed thing. Every Friday, he's done live stream comedy from his shed. It's got thousands of views. He's doing great. And he's got the momentum. And it made me feel great because I was like, that's a sign that we're turning a corner. Even if it's not past the disease, past dealing with it. Mentally, my friend who I've not been talking to loads because he's been his head's been in a fucking shed no pun intended now we can talk again because he's like yeah and we're going to do this and it's all it just felt quite fucking positive and I've and that's done me the world of good but oh my god Freddie Quinn on the other like initially Scott was like well, I've heard someone say that we're never going to be allowed to gig again will I ever hold my mother it was so grim I, I mean you're dead I'm dead everybody's dead when will I gig in Sheffield again I was like last of your fucking worries and then you'd speak to Freddie I, 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 I've said it from the start Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey I've said it from the start we'll be gigging at quarter past six tomorrow evening <laughs> Freddie was so positive he basically refused to accept COVID-19 existed for the first like it was like the day before the shutdown he was like I'm going to go back to teaching I was like I'm not sure there's going to be schools open <laughs> I think there will be next day schools are shut um, so yeah good oh. it's nice to talk to a mate and see the progression I'm not saying everyone's having a great time but he was I'll, he was having a tricky spot there initially and to hear him on better form is great I am um, what I've stopped doing is trying to guess uh, well I'm about to contradict myself but I've stopped trying to guess when it's all going to be fine and the reason for that is every day someone sends me an article or I see it on social media or whatever and it's an expert a world leading expert who goes there won't be a second wave it's all going to be fine the heat has killed it off we'll be back to normal in August and then the next day there's a world leading expert with a slightly different name who goes oh no (laughs) we've ended lockdown far too soon and we're going to go straight back into lockdown at the beginning of September you're dead I'm dead it's the same so if there's two people who are fucking looking into this shit who are on opposite ends of the spectrum that means that nobody has got a foot and certainly freddie quinn has not got a fucking clue what's going on at all however from the start i've said that we will be back gigging in november and i am more confident now than ever that I'm going to be absolutely fucking right. I reckon November is when we're going to be doing the live Have A Weird show, back to comedy clubs, just before that big Christmas running, which will all be fine, and I reckon November. Yeah. Christmas has got... I'm not, yeah, mate, I am not uh, contradicting that, but one thing I would say is I think the Christmas run is going to be very different this year. I think Christmas, December, is going to look like a normal month of comedy. 
because I don't think companies are going to feel confident enough to be like, we are going to organize a big event at a place that we cannot control. I think there's going to be a lot less works dues because that feels like an unnecessary, like maybe the year after, definitely. If it was six months after we started gigging again, I think a lot of companies might be a bit nervous. Of like, is this unnecessary ball, like basically demanding our staff go to a comedy club when they might not want to? If that shrinks the the sort of usual works parties Christmas vibe and there's still energy from like, fuck, comedy clubs are open. Let's go out with our friends. December could be busy, but not for the usual fucking mayhem works do's reasons. I think it'll be both. I think it'll be a very busy month. I think there's still a lot of companies that are working and they'll want a Christmas night out. And I think some what some of them might do who haven't had a good year but are still running might go, look, we're doing the Christmas do but we're not paying for it all. You're going to have to pack, buy your own ticket. The plan is we go to the comedy club and then for a few drinks, but we can't afford as a company to spend six grand on the Christmas due this year. So it's 20 quid a ticket. If you want to come, you can. And if you don't want to, you don't You, you, you don't come. I think more stuff like that will happen. Yeah, it's not going to be blagged, is it? They're not going to be blagged to go because no one's, no company's no. going to be like, you, you should be there. Yeah. But um, that's maybe not a bad thing, you know, because Christmas is well paid, but it is a bit fucking hairy, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, it's it's our bag, Dad, that month, isn't it? It's like being <laughs> up. What? Literally, we're all got PTSD in January, like fucking Vietnam veterans rolling around in wheelchairs. January though, like it gets slightly better, but there's still leftover works parties in January as well. Who can't have the December one? February. Valentine's Day is like the best night of the year for comedy, isn't it? Actually, do you know what's a good night for comedy? New Year's Eve. Because no one goes out on New Year's Eve with their cunt friends who they don't really like. They got with their family, with their partner, with their children. It's a fucking wonderful night, New Year's Eve. I love a gig on New Year's Eve. I I really I I do love New Year's Eve. The only thing with New Year's Eve is the there is like a the atmosphere's not as relaxed. Like it's fun. But everywhere's a bit more expensive. So it's fine. You bring your metal, but it's not one of those fun ones where you just like mess around. Like it is still go time because it's like 30, 40 quid a ticket or whatever. But yeah, the works, there's no works parties on New Year's Eve. You're, you're free of that. You're, you're so right. I've totally forgotten. Those works dudes that turn up and like an amateur comedy night on the second week of January. And you're like, <laughs> why is there a party of 32 on that table? For beat the frog, which is like an amateur gong show, and like yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's Nando's from the fucking print work. She's like oh for fuck's sake, just a load of Nando's animals that are all coked up, full of fucking peri peri and Guatemalan marching powder. Just that, like, that is slander, sir. Are you suggesting that Nando's would be willing to let their staff do cocaine at a work event? No, no sir. No, they're not willing. <laughs> that doesn't mean it doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> I'm not saying head office is like, right, they're in Portugal or whether, wherever the head office of Nando's definitely isn't. And they're like, right, the lads. head office of Nando's is f- in fucking South London. It <laughs> fucking must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like, right, it's the Christmas due. Obviously, second week of January, we let all these fucking knobheads out. Will we pay for the Saturday? night sir will we fuck get him out on a monday a tuesday to the cheaper comedy (laughs) nights is it cocaine for everyone of course it's cocaine for everyone but it's midweek january cocaine you make a saving (laughs) you don't want to pay full december weekend prices yo but i've i've just had some fucking hairy moments of be the frog with 
trendy hipster bars and their staff who think they're above it. You're like, well, why did you come? And like Nando's, because all the staff are like 20, 21, cool as fuck, fine. But if they're in the mood to be a bell end, like a party of bell ends, there isn't the same emotional support system on a Monday. You're like, guys, you can't be bell ends here because there's no bouncer on a Monday and these people haven't spoken out loud on stage before. <laughs> It's like, it's too much of a baptism of fight. You almost feel like guilty. It's like sending out like a group of under fives to play rugby against the professional football team. You're like, this isn't fair, is it? Is it full contact? Good luck, kids. Stop crying. <laughs> it really feels like that. But um, yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible not to look forward and think, when is it going to be normal? But I just think a lot of people are now at one with the like, it is what it is. I'll think what I'm going to think. That's not going to change anything. The two meter rule is the one, isn't it? That's the rule. And if you're listening from outside the UK, we've got a two meter social exclusion thing. And if that's relaxed to one, like a lot of Europe is, everything's going to get a lot easier. I mean, it might create more COVID-19. But Have um, you watched... Um have you watched the Dave Chappelle thing on YouTube? Thought, I thought of that because they've they've social they've, they've distanced, haven't they? In there, so I, I saw it this morning, yeah. and we were going to McDonald's because uh, my sister rang and went, "Go to McDonald's just after the breakfast and just before the lunch. Have an early lunch, which you can do when you've got kids because you've been up since seven. I've been against McDonald's because I'm not queuing like a bell end in a queue of forty cars, but Laura's like. We fancy it. Etta's excited. So we went and had our McDonald's lunch at like quarter past 11. Just drove in. Oh, the satisfaction, Adam, of just driving around there, convoluted, all the cones, and there's three members of staff pointing you. And you're like, <laughs> dickheads, there's no one here, is there? They're waiting for the rush. So we just drove in. Dead nice. It was really good. I started watching 8 minutes 46 seconds, which is the half hour Netflix is a joke thing they've put on YouTube, as we were getting ready. And it's beautifully shot. It's Chappelle, and you know it's about George Floyd's death. I got five minutes in, and my daughter was pulling on my leg going, Daddy, we're going to Old McDonald's, because she doesn't know it's just McDonald's. She calls it Old McDonald's. She thinks that nursery rhyme is about the restaurant, which it isn't. Um, old McDonald's. Old McDonald's had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and he killed all the animals and put them in burgers, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm, he had over 10,000 chickens who were raised <laughs> with a... <laughs> and uh, here, the, the sound of 10,000 doomed fucking poultry. Um <laughs> Uh, and, and on I, that farm there why are no cows where do they get their beef <laughs> <laughs> and on that farm <laughs> there was a suspicious genetically modified <laughs> research centre just next to the farm um, <laughs> uh, and I, I just I got five minutes in just as Dave Chappelle started talking about the the police officer who had who knelt on George Floyd's neck as Etta was going, we're going to get a Happy Meal. And I was like, this is another <laughs> instance of where parenting and real life is too much. So I paused it. And just as I was getting ready for the pod, I was like, fuck, I bet Adam's watched it and he wants to talk about it. And I've just, I've just got the first five minutes of it and I, I'm, I can't wait. But it seemed, 
it, like it wasn't a first thing on a Friday morning just before a Happy Meal sort of watch, but it looked um, amazing. Absolutely, absolutely not. Not when you got children. It was the first thing I watched when I got up, and I'll say this right now. Um, I can't call it a comedy special because it's not. It's not funny. It, it it's it's not him trying to do stand up comedy. It's him making a a really good series of points, and it takes him about half an hour to do it, and. I, as far as I can tell, it's at his house in Ohio. Oh, amazing. And he's, he's checked the temperature of people on their way in, and he's put the chairs all two meters apart in, like, this garden. He's got, like, a makeshift stage. It's shot from mainly one camera angle, just points at him. Occasionally, it cuts to the audience, but there's About not what, much... 50, 60 it. people in the audience? Not even that? I, I couldn't even tell you. I'd have to watch it again to I even make it, a guess. In his garden. It looks like it's in his fucking garden. Like. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. It's just captivating. Don't watch it expecting to laugh. You probably won't. But if you want to uh, know what a prominent black man in America thinks about what's going on, there's no one better to hear from. He's such a good speaker, a philosopher, essentially. I can't recommend it highly enough. I fucking loved it. It was recorded a week ago. It was recorded on the 6th of June. It was recorded six days ago, and Netflix have obviously gone... They've obviously gone, Dave, I think a lot of people would like to know what you have to say about it. Instead of just doing... Because he doesn't do social media, does he, Chappelle? He basically doesn't no. do it. So he... Because he, he took his notepad up. And him, him, I'm not laughing. It's, it, But it's you can't help but... You can't help but laugh when you see a comedian essentially doing a new material night in his garden to 40 people socially distance during a pandemic the first concert anyone's done that isn't a drive through gig for like three months in the world and then it's it's about the death of a man and and you're like holy if you said that that's what uh, three months ago if you'd gone this is what's going to happen and here's the clip you'd be like what the fuck has gone on in three months it almost made it, it was a reminder of like how incredibly tumultuous and historic this last three months has been and Netflix have gone we need to record this properly and get this out and I watched it about two hours after it had come out and there was 400,000 views or something Should I check it now I'll just say this if you are listening and you want to check it out we've mentioned it is a Netflix production it's not on Netflix it's on YouTube. The it, the YouTube channel that it's on is Netflix is a joke which is the, the comedy arm of their social media so if you want to see any comedy on Twitter from Netflix you go to at Netflix as a joke and it's the same um, on YouTube and that's where you can find it not uh, on Netflix it's got 1.2 million views already and that's nearly as much as one of our clips for the podcast isn't it so that's pretty good I'm just like it's it's been out less than a day and it's already got more views than my special and I just feel like that means our listeners are not sharing my stuff enough do you know I, what I mean? I know what Dave Chappelle's saying is important, but come on. Come on, guys. For fuck's sake. Pull your socks <laughs> I've told you that a premiere ed editing's frustrating. Adam did weeks of work on it. Um, it took me so long, and I'm just feeling underappreciated, you know. I think, I think it would have been interesting <laughs> if Dave Chappelle had invited some new comics on to do some other new material around him. <laughs> Oh, and Chappelle was like, I want to go first. 
I've just got <laughs> we've got about half an hour to do. Could you do could you do twenty after me? <laughs> the comedian with his notebook, like <laughs> just drawing lines through everything. Yeah. I can follow and Dave Chappelle. So who's uh, drinking? I was I was watching um, a thing the other day with Neil Brennan, who was the co-creator, co-writer, and director of the Chappelle Show. He's a white comic from America, good friend of Dave Chappelle's, um, and a really good comic. And he said one time he had to follow Dave in New York, so I think it was the Comedy Cellar. So Dave Chappelle's gone on and done half an hour, forty minutes, whatever, and then the compare goes on. And goes, this next guy, ladies and gentlemen, he's a top comic. He's the co-creator of the Chappelle show. Give it up for Neil Brennan. And Neil Brennan walked on and went, his first line was, co-creator of the Chappelle show is one of the best credits in comedy. Unless Dave Chappelle has just been on. <laughs> How is it not the other way around? How, like, <laughs> oh, God. Well, comedy with those big guys. I've been in some of those clubs and people we've mentioned it before people get bumped so like the, the comedy seller probably got a call an hour or two before that that happened and it was Dave Chappelle or someone else and they're going Dave wants to drop in but he can only go on at this time and what they do is go right everyone Dave Chappelle's coming in he's going on at this time push your set times back 40 minutes and if you don't like it you can't make it then bye we're getting Dave on that's that's a lot of how it works. People get bumped because there's big names coming on. Oh God, Sarah Silverman. Did I ever tell you when Sarah Silverman turned up at the boat in London, and she no. she did the same thing. She rang round. She was in London visiting. She was working in some brand new material. She was obviously just had that urge to be like, "Fuck, I'm in Saturday night. I'm in London. I want to get on a bill and just do some of this material." And it showed the complete contrast of the New York and LA comedy scene and the way their circuit works, which is longer shows, rolling audiences, people come in, people go out, and also loads of sets, 10, 15, 10, 15, 10s and 15s. Over here, it's booked eight months in advance. It's three acts and a compare nearly across the board. There's maybe a handful that do four sets. There's maybe a handful that do two but three and a compare, and it's you can't bump. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. We've talked about this before. So she's basically asked for stage time. I bet the comedy store said no. I, I'm sure they'd have rung the comedy store first, and they've obviously gone I around. Reckon, I, I will have reckoned she will have done the comedy store the same night. They they won't have said no to Sarah Silverman, the store in London. Right, maybe. Well, I I don't know if she was doing another gig, or maybe it was just a link to CKP who run. Maybe there was some link to Christian Knowles and. Uh, and the boat anyway she ends up on the boat it's at the temporary boat which is a little down the way which is even bigger it usually holds 140 there's 220 230 people in and it is quite a rowdy Saturday night it's not what people from outside London think London can be a bit rowdy when you're like well Londoners will be really aloof they're not all from fucking London they're from like Essex and they've come in for like big fucking no one from London in central London all from all around the world from I've every time I've done a gig in in like London and I've mentioned like Leeds or Preston or Manchester everyone like, hey because they're fucking they're on, yeah. holi- they're on their little weekend holiday so Sarah Silverman goes on and we're all doing our best 20 because it's Saturday night you're getting paid decent money you are doing your best jokes old new doesn't matter you're trying to smash it she went on with the very 
first, it, I, I would have been surprised if she'd have said any of those words out loud before. She went on in the 10 minutes before the headliner. Oh no, 10 minutes before the middle slot. I was in the middle slot. So I already had an easy slot. I got there and they were like, yeah, Sarah Silverman's here. And she's going on before you. I was like, oh, okay. Fucking hell. <laughs> Internationally famous female act Sarah Silverman. I was like, this is fine. At least I'm not headlining. I'll, I've got my job to do. Doesn't matter. She's like, she's going to do 10, 15. I was like, that's quite a lot. But again, do your job. I was like, if she smashes it, I'll be like, and who the fuck is this guy? I'll make a joke. She went on and she had a little bit of note paper and it was Saturday night and it was the most, you could see in her eyes after about five minutes, like, this is awful. But it, I, I almost wanted to go back in time and go, Sarah, what you think can be done here can't be done. You can't go on on a Saturday night with eight minutes of new material and just see what works because you're going up against full Saturday night comedy. And the crowd, when she came on, some of them knew who they were, but it's the boat. They're not like diehard comedy fans. Just some people on hot, like, just come to see comedy. And she fucking bombed in the most. Like, it was so weird to watch. You're going, you're dead famous. This bill is all knobheads. It's me. I'm a knobhead. <laughs> and I know all of these knobheads. And she is the, like, film star. And it was just the word. It was like she was trying to do spoken word or something. And then she started getting annoyed with the crowd and started having a go for not laughing. It was fucking brutal. And the people who didn't know who who she was were like, "Who's this dickhead?" It it just like tripped up and bogged down into like, oh, it's grim. New material uh, is very useful if you do it at the wrong point. Oh God, it's one of the hardest things to watch, isn't it? I bet you had a fucking blinder of a gig going on after. And and also, you want to be like, who the fuck is that bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Fucking Wreck-It Ralph just fucked it up. Um, you know, sometimes... Yeah, I did have a blinder. It, it help going on after um, someone famous in a way. I've, I've had it a couple of times with Top Secret, but the most notable one... So I've mentioned Top Secret before, comedy club in Covent Garden in, in central London. And I was doing, I was headlining their late show. Now, their late show starts at nine. If you headline, you go on about quarter past 10, maybe half 10. They run a tight ship there. Nice. But you do two rooms back to back. You do upstairs, 20 minutes. And then it's the second you come off stage, you walk downstairs, the compere gets flashed, and he goes, Welcome to the stage, Adam Rowe. So you do essentially 40 minutes of comedy. In 41 minutes, yep. spread over two rooms. No fucking about. Um, no cigarette break in between. And I uh, I had the best two gigs I've ever had at Top Secret that night. And I, and that's saying something because it's a fucking amazing club. You always do well there. And I come off and I was like, I fucking volleyed the shit out of this. And I was stuck around, had a drink after the show. I was like, who else was on tonight? Because I hadn't checked. Paul Chowdhury had opened right and the middle was Sean Walsh and Jack Whitehall fuck so Paul Chowdhury break <laughs> Paul was advertised as well so there was a lot of Paul Chowdhury fans in and then it was two set secret guests in the middle which was Sean Walsh and Jack Whitehall then another break and then I turned up in the break they've all got off but the second I turned up they went right start the show Adam get on stage 
And then I've come off after doing two gigs like that. And I went, who else was on that and got told? And I was like, fuck me. And I, I spoke to the bartender. He was like, you fucking, you've had the best gig of the night here. Like they've done well, like, but you've had the best gig. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And I, I, I talked to another comic. I can't remember who it was. And they went, well, what it is, is they know who Paul Chowdhury is. They know who Sean Walsh is. And they know who Jack White all is. And then you get introduced as the headline act. And what they've done is gone, I don't even know who he is. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. If he's the headliner on this bill, he must... And they, they've given you an extra 20%. And also, they're all in a good mood because they've seen three famous people. They think, it. well, he's, he's the headline. He's a, he's a fucking Jack Whitehall. And then this guy's the headline. They don't know how it works. They're assuming yeah. that the club think you're better. Not that it's like, well, Jack's got to be there. He's coming from there. <laughs> and it works the other way when you're on semi-pro bills and you've got seven acts before you doing eight minutes and they can grind the audience into the ground and you think well you'd go on and have a belter and sometimes by the time you get on even though you're a very good act the crowd are like is this all shit are you shit I mean, they were all shit. So you as well. He's in the same room. He doesn't look that different. He's got an hat on. That cunt had an hat on. I reckon this is just shit. But then, if you Neil Brennan going on after basically a demigod, yeah, not so good. (laughs) Not so good. Dan Nightingale, we have twatted on for a 35-minute opening section there. I think we need to have a word from our sponsors or they might get pissed off for us putting too late in the programme. Let's do that. Shout out to Trans Alloy Wheels. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car bodywork and customisation services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. These guys are a well-trusted family business. They do exceptional work. If you want your wheels and bodywork jazzing up and you're anywhere in the north, go and see Charlie and the boys at Trans Alloy Wheels. They're good guys. They can make your motor look better. They can add value to your car. They do insurance work. They do powder coating, diamond cutting, painting. They do new tyres, acid stripping shot blasting tyre fitting and removal these guys are wheel wizards if you've got cracks in your bodywork, they can well repair them and they do insurance gigs and the best part is have a word listeners get 25% off fucking everything the main thing is Charlie and the guys at Transilo Wheels have supported us during the Rona they've sponsored this podcast and we want to support them we can't go and get our cars sorted just yet as soon as the Rona's done I'm going in the meantime I'm going to follow them online we'd love it if you could do it as well on facebook they're trans alloy wheels that's all one word trans alloy all one word wheels give them a like give them a follow they're on twitter at trans alloy w trans alloy w and have a look for trans alloy wheels on instagram they've shown this podcast some love let's show them some love back all right back to the pod Your ma and dad listen to Have A Word. Oh, that was a proper enjoyable week. Like, I didn't want it to end. You know, when you're just really enjoying it, it feels cathartic to... Oh, it's nice, isn't it? I like a really, you know, going to the toilet when it works out is great fun. Sometimes you're like, what's going on here? Sometimes I think you can need a piss so much that when you finally get to have a wee, it's not as enjoyable it's like your body's like, well, you tried not to for ages. Now I'm not going to help out. You're like, come on. <laughs> Simple stuff. 
Uh, I uh, a, a lot of people have tweeted us and emailed us because they want me to try some various impressions out. Um, and I will do that in a minute. But it's the middle section. It's always the chunkiest one. It's my favourite bit. It's the fun bit. It's the one we mix up. Um, so I, I will try some impressions shortly. I know you've maybe come up with a couple for me as well to give a go. But I've got some would you rather's for you. Classic have a word. I like make I like taking it back to the old school when I'm in charge of curating the you, episode. Or you you that is now your go to when you're in charge. You like a, you love a would you rather. I fucking I, love it. It's what made us, baby. It's what made us. <laughs> There's me going Shag Marion avoids the future. See you on Monday. <laughs> uh, so I've got a few would you rather's. A couple of them are mine and a couple of them were submitted uh, by our fans, Daniel. Fans of the pod. Mate, I love those guys. Um, Otherwise, okay, it's just you and me. Otherwise, it's just you and me having a slightly aggro chat in it. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nonce. All right, Adam. Cheers. I'm just ringing for a fucking catcher. <laughs> so this is from Mark Waters, I believe. Uh, thanks for this, Mark. Would you rather, Dan Nightingale, have to take a selfie every half an hour for the remainder of your waking life and upload it to social media? Or never have access to the internet again. So, I mean, the the quandaries meant to be the internet is so addictive. How could you ever give it up? But if you had to keep the internet, make a fucking bell end of yourself for like, did he say half an hour? Every half an hour, you have to take a selfie and put it on social media. So you, so you're up for like. That's 32, average like 30, 35 selfies a day. And I mean, there's sometimes, like when I look, I've literally, I'm showered, I'm smart, I take a selfie, and I'm like, you look like shit. Imagine doing that 30 times a day, you'd be like, oh God. Um, however, so in, my instinct is to be like, oh, I just fuck off the internet because I couldn't do that. But at the same time, I think once you got in the second month of it, You'd have no followers on social media left because everyone would be like, this guy's an absolute twat. So I'd almost just be like, I can't give up Netflix and porn. I mean, the po- yeah. I, God, I you couldn't do You look do awful it. sometimes, though, don't you? I don't mean you specifically. <laughs> I just mean people in general. Like, imagine, like, when you wake up after a fucking night on the Mozambique, you've had a load of ale, you're fucking destroyed with a hangover, and within half an hour, you've got to take a selfie and put it online. <laughs> Holy shit. That hangover I had in Leicester where I tried to pay for a hotel room just for another three hours sleep. <laughs> I, at one point, I tried to brush my teeth to make everything all right, as if, like, well, if I can't taste the the evil I won't it won't feel it I did I moved and brushed my teeth like obviously the the basin had a mirror in front of it I started brushing my teeth and just moved to another part of the bathroom to brush my teeth just to to, to brush my you teeth look at yourself. I couldn't look at myself I was like I'm, I can't do it and I think I think I actually spat in the bath I was like <laughs> disgusting tip by the way for hotel rooms you, you know, like it says, checkout is 12, right? You don't have to check out of hotel rooms. You can go whenever you want and you don't have to even leave the key. You can say you left it in your room, okay? You can stay in a hotel room until they knock and tell you to get out of it. 
Yeah, I'd ignored two knocks. All oh, right, Pins. I'm not gonna. Hello, hello. Because they have Mexican uh, hotels. <laughs> Is that Mexican hotel? Hello. Hello. I'm from the lesson lesson on a uh, Mexican quarter in Leicester. Well, that oh my god, <laughs> I wasn't Mexican, it was a fucking Ewok. <laughs> I tried to do a Mexican noise and I did a small bear from Star Wars instead. <laughs> fucking hell, room service from Ewoks, right? However. What if this now talking about Mozambique? That'd be funny because you'd see me at the start of the night feeling pretty good, like the fourth selfie in, selfie in. I'd be like, <laughs> eyes massive, like I look beautiful, <laughs> and then just the deterioration the next day. <laughs> but what if you're having a really big wank that was like thirty minute plus? You'd be legally wait, wait, no, 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 ding, ding, ding. Can I have a bell, please? What? You have never had a 30 minute wank in your life you have you fucking bullshit and I've had a 30 minute wank this week no no you have not oh. why what oh. are you doing hey because I like to take my time and just build I like I like a little build I like a build in the trauma hey wait a 30 minute wank hang on wait whoa are you telling me that you were you, you you were rubbing your pee. You were going for it for thirty minutes plus. No, oh, do you stop every now and then? Oh, have a little it's not play just that. Balls, it's not not. Do you stop a little kiss? <laughs> Mate, is that is that your technique? Once you start, are you like a little piston engine? Like it's. Mate, I just, I like, I, like, I don't know. It's a chore 99% of the time. It's just there's something in here and it needs to be over there. That's what it, that's all that <laughs> is. That's all it, this is in me and it needs to be in that bin via a sock. Yeah. Uh, I like to take my time. I like to set the scene. Ooh, turn on the bedside table. Make sure the door's locked because I don't want anyone walking in. Headphones in because shit, when you got your video playing too loud, that's fucking awkward. Good night, everyone. Love you, John boy. <laughs> oh, shit. I, yeah. Can I tell you, this is from my going out clubbing days. I would hit a witching hour because after the club we'd had a couple of pills we'd go back to some dickhead's house and have a party and you'd be up and then you'd start sort of floating down chemically and then I'd hit half five six o'clock the conversation would start getting stale and I'd just start getting horny and it's at that point you're like well I'm either going to fuck a couch or go home so I would go home except when you've got that in your system you can't come it takes longer I would I w- anyways. I yeah, would. I don't do. Well, I'd know. gone out on a Saturday, and I can't remember exactly where we were. We lived in a shared house, and must have got back to the room about six thirty. Had a shower because you've been clubbing, you sweaty. Got in my room, literally laptop open, fucking glasses. <laughs> got some moisturizer. I went for so long that I ran out of moisturizer and started using SPF sun cream as a as a lube. And then, I'm not joking, it was so late, and it was late in the morning, I think I could hear people going to church outside, I could hear people walking around, it must have been in the third or fourth hour. I'm telling you right now, right now, you've just said you could hear people going to church, mm. 
And I'm telling you, that is a memory you've got from your cocaine-induced brain where you feel so guilty about having this three-hour fucking marathon wank. You've heard voices and your brain's gone, they're probably going to speak to the Lord. (laughs) Your first thought is they were going to church. They were probably going to get a fucking pasty and the paper. They're going to the Lord's house. I'm dirty. I'm in here. They're out there finding redemption and Jesus. It could have been cocaine heads trying to go and get more cocaine. But in my head, I was like, oh, they're probably it's probably like a Sunday school of innocent children. <sighs> so, yeah. So what are you doing? Selfies on the internet? <sighs> Just going to have to find a way to do those selfies. But I, I'd love to see what my Twitter following was like. <laughs> That's a way would, to really it cut would, it down. It would go... It would either go stratospheric up, like, oh my God, have you seen this guy? He takes a selfie half an hour every day and he looks fucking awful on most of them. Or it just deplete, like, I don't want to look at that ugly cunt anymore. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. 30 a day, though. My God. It's a good one, but I'm going to selfie. I would selfie as well. I need the internet, man. I tried to delete my apps. It lasted fucking nine hours. <laughs> mate, and I went to sleep for eight of them. <laughs> I told my mate Ben, who I've talked about on this podcast before, who's a DJ, he was saying about, oh, how, how's Adam doing? I was like, yeah, I think, telling him, I think social media is doing his head in a bit because of everything that's going on in the world. And, and he was like, well, why don't you, he literally went, why don't you just do what you did and just not look at them? I was like, ah, I think he's addicted, but he's trying. Yeah, he went, what, what, has he deleted them off his phone? I was like, no, but he's moved them to the fourth page of his apps on his phone. He was like, all right. <laughs> and I, the psychology of it makes sense like I'm not, I'm not deleting them I'm just moving them four screens <laughs> over so it's almost impossible to get to fucking brilliant uh, do you want one of mine? yeah of course I do love them would you rather have fingernails that are a foot long no and you can't cut them or you'll die the other one or have pubes that are so long they stick out the bottom of your jeans and trail behind you like a wedding dress. <laughs> I get, you know, as a bald man, though, there's an element of me like, if they're that long, I could do a comb over with my pubes. <laughs> I could even, like, just start looping them round. I could, like, however long it was, I could, like, twist the pair round my body and have it end as a lovely little side parting on the back, of, like, all the way up. So, like, if I wouldn't let them go out of my legs. I'd, like, wrap them round one thigh, wrap them round the other, and then make a belt of them, and then up one arm, round my right arm, and then up the back of my neck, get some gel, and, like, oh, that's some sexy fucking shit. Yeah, I cut fucking long nails. Oh, grim. <laughs> Foot long as well. That's like a full subway sandwich <laughs> off each finger. Imagine trying to fucking type an email like, <laughs> like fucking Nancy Wizard. <clears throat> I'm gonna write a complaint to the nail clipping company. Once again, I've been disappointed. Grim, grim. That'd cut down your fucking selfie output. <laughs> Like what you going pubes? I'm going pubes, and I'm making a beautiful fucking sad pod. I'm doing a Bobby <laughs> Charlton from my fucking pubs. <laughs> <laughs> what are we even talking about? This is the best bit of my week. 
all we do with our life. <laughs> oh god. So, uh, Dan Nightingale, welcome to my chat show. Uh, just you know, obviously, you're a hugely successful comedian. Now you've just sold out nine nights of the Royal Albert Hall. Oh yeah. I'm just wondering where did this all start for you? Uh, well, actually, it was during the the coronavirus outbreak of 2020. Oh, right. And uh, so that was the start for you, was it? That was a big kick on. Yes, yes, it was. Yes. So what was it that really helped put your career up? What were you, what work were you putting in? Have you got an example of the type of jokes you were making at the time? Okay, thanks for asking. Would you rather have pubes <laughs> that go down your back? <laughs> Okay, this guy's a moron. You know, it's difficult, isn't it, to know how much you should talk about something like Dave Chappelle's special and his influence on the protests for civil rights and <laughs> the rebirth of, like, all of those... Oh, just, like, people fighting for justice from the police and, like, how much then we should balance that off with our bullshit. But I, I really feel like we do a good job of, like, traversing both, okay. like, roads, like... <laughs> It might feel to some people like these guys are all over this road, but we're like serious, serious, serious valid point. Fucking pupair! That's what Dave Chappelle put out today. He put out eight minutes forty six seven seconds in tribute to George Floyd. I made the pube wig joke, and I think history will remember us correctly. Right, this is another one from me, and then we'll end with a one from a listener. So, would you rather? Have to watch Laura fuck a man who's basically the exact opposite of you, right? So he's like six foot six, he's black, he's got nice hair, big dick, smells nice, minty breath. <laughs> do you know how? Do you know how? I really found the, the smells nice bit offensive. That's how much shit. You've, you've gaslighted me so much on my own podcast. That I genuinely was like, yeah, six foot six, yeah, big dick, can't argue, it's not quite small. <laughs> but as soon as you went, smells not, I was like, so I smell shit, fucking out of order, that mate. I'm so used to saying, yeah, I've got a small dick. I was like, yeah, it's fine, that's fine, that's part of the course. Smells nice, minty breath, really wealthy, not from Preston, you know, the full shebang. <laughs> If he was all of those things and from Preston, you'd be like, what the fuck has happened here? Really good-looking big-dick black guy that's wealthy and smells nice. Like, you're definitely not from my bit of fucking West Lancashire, dicker. <laughs> oh, I've made myself cry laugh. How embarrassing is that? Oh. <laughs> Nasty bitch! Cha! Upset me! Nasty bitch! <sighs> so... <coughs> you have to watch Laura fuck him. Watch. Cuckold yeah. style. Yeah, no, like, and there's like twigs in your eyes keeping you fucking, like, and you, your head's in a vice. You've got to watch all of it. You can't even blink, right? Right. Once a week. Yeah. Or you just have to fuck him once and then it's all over. <laughs> But, like, she's really into it. She's screaming things like, you know, you're all I've ever wanted in a man. Dan's a gimp. <laughs> this is him. well better. <laughs> really specific non-sexual things like, oh, this is particularly good and everything I've had before has been terrible. <laughs> I bet yeah. you'd be... I tell you what, if she said this, 
there'd be murders in that bedroom. If she went, I bet you'd be really good at stand-up and podcasting. I'd be like, get my fucking knife. <laughs> There's going to be a... Mo- get the gloves. I'm going to do, I'm going to do an OJ. Um, <sighs> how good does he smell? Really? Like, like, like he's... Ci- citrus. His breath smells like citrus. Jean-Paul Gaultier. Oh, that's too sickly for me. <laughs> That'd be the thing... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not for me. Oh. He's shagging Laura. <laughs> well, shagger, good-looking black guy with a huge penis that's not from Preston, but not if he's wearing that muck. Spend a bit of money on your fragrance. I... I'd just like to say at this point as well, just very important in the current climate to make sure nothing we say could be interpreted uh, as racial stereotypes. So he hasn't got a big, massive dick because he's black. He's got a big, massive dick because Dan has got a small one. <laughs> oh, that cleared it up. <laughs> You're not being racist against black guys. You're being racist against me. <laughs> and as we've said before, you can be because I'm white. <laughs> and that's the racism that's allowed. Um, so, listen. I honestly, I think it's a little bit worrying that through that whole convoluted hypothetical, I find the fact that you've put my head in a vice the most offensive thing. As if you take that out of it, I'd be like, how much is he enjoying it? I want it to be happy. <laughs> I, I, that's the thing I hate about cuckold porn. Just like, why is he watching? He's just going because <laughs> because he's, he's playing a game of would you rather yeah. in real life. <laughs> um, How long would I have to do it with him? And am I the girl? Um, you, you have to do it with him until you both come. Oh, I don't want to stick in there. I mean, really? Me sticking a willy in there? It's not. I mean, close your eyes. He smells citrusy. Jean-Paul Gaultier is quite sweet. You'd be like... Pfft. Smells like Febreze. There you go. Right. But Febreze. If he had to come near my bum, I think that... With a big willy... Pfft. Well, he... He doesn't necessarily have to go near your bum as long as you can make him come. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm a, I'm a little trooper when it comes to that. I'll work the shaft. Um, I'll take one for the team here because, honestly, I think Laura would get annoyed by that eventually. <laughs> I really think... I really, I think I'd add it in murders about that. If she found out that the would you rather... And then she's had to have sex 52 times a year, which is way above the threshold of how she wants to do it. From what I, from the detailed research I've put together. Yeah, and I know you'd be like, yeah, but she's loving this guy. I think still she'd get bored of it. She goes to bed really early. What time's he up for this? Is this an afternoon? I'm going to take one for the team. I'll be like, listen, this isn't going to be fun, but if we live stream it, yeah I'll put it on Patreon <laughs> this is behind a paywall I feel there you go I feel abused <laughs> I'm sure that's how abuse works I love how seriously you took that as well like I could see it in your eyes you're like I don't know what the best thing to I've got to think about Laura's wants and needs can I say I'm, I've, I have a lot of weaknesses as a comedian but and I'm there's things I've got to learn as a podcaster but I tell you what I, I I don't have to work at. Once you give me one of these playful game, like, would it's you happening. rather... I commit. I game really... Piece. I let myself be engulfed. 
this is a nice one to end it with. Would you rather be able to fluently speak every language in the world, play every instrument in the world, or be able to cook every meal in the world? This is a rare would you rather that gives us three options, and it's from Andrew Jordan. So speak every language, play every instrument, or cook every meal. You only get to pick one. It's not cook every meal, because I'm too I've got too much ADD to be like, oh, duck a l'orange. Bore off. Oh, don't get me wrong. All of these would be an amazing thing to have. I'm just telling you why one of the... That is the one that I'm least bothered about. It would be phenomenal. But I'd have to pay for the food still, wouldn't I? Fucking duck. Right hey, ducks don't grow on fucking trees, lad. <laughs> I mean, oranges do. <laughs> that, is, that is a fact. <laughs> Where's me fucking duck tree? I'll tell you right now, I'd want to be able to speak every language. Right. Let me tell you. Can I tell you why? Go on. You know, like when you're in a chippy or a takeaway and they start speaking their own language. Oh, yeah. They're slagging me off. So I'd I'd want to know. Oh, look, fat fuck back again. Wants more food. Mate, I've told you before on this very podcast, they're not... Oh, no, I don't know if it was... I have told you this before. They're not slagging you off. If they're speaking Cantonese or whatever, they're Mandarin... When you walk in, it, I think it's in very reverential tones. I think if you got it translated, you had the subtitles, they'd be like, oh my God, he's back again. Thank God. He, yeah, but you know, like those fit Turkish guys who yeah. run the kebab shops and that? Oh no, they fucking they, hate you. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at the fat fuck again. He keeps business alive, but he always in here. And we have to spray the Febreze when he leaves because very sweaty man with the sweaty tits. <laughs> always wants kebab always chili and garlic sauce so many <laughs> calories fat man <laughs> even, even I make kebab you make me sick that you want it alright um, speak play every instrument again what a wonderful skill but I mean, you want to play about three of them because uh, there's li- literally I don't want to be in a band so just to be able to whip it out at a house party and be that fucking melon. What, be right, like Ron Burgundy and Anchorman getting the fucking jazz flute out? Like, it was funny because he could... It was a joke, like... No. Speak every language. Oh, there's no paraphernalia. With the instrument, you're like... I can pl- <laughs> How about you start by speaking English? <laughs> I can speak every language. <laughs> uh, it'd be nice to speak one. Um, yeah, the thing is with the instruments... You, do you own every instrument? You can play it, but do you get a free one as part of the would you rather? Because otherwise you no. have to save up for all these fucking instruments. And then you're just that nonce going in the music shop going, hello, uh, can I play every one of your instruments? Like, no, dickhead, you're not buying them, fuck off. Every language... If you play one instrument, though, what would you choose? Well, I can play the ukulele. i triangle, me. Low standard. Um... I think there's something about a piano in there. I'd love to be able to walk through fucking King's Cross St Pancras and be that like John Legend that just sits down and like, what's this guy doing? And be like, Blue Jean baby, LA lady, seems for the band. And not look like a fucking dickhead. Um, I mean, you look like a dickhead. Yeah, but when John Legend does it, I'd be John Legend good, wouldn't I? Every language, every language, because you're going to get 
fuck, oh, imagine just getting laid like that. Oh, it'd just be so good. Just like some hot international bird backpacking round Cheshire. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> In Nando's. And she's like, I, I always have to speak English. And you're like, Nyuskimild. Or whatever What's her language mean? is. I, I don't know. It's not, I just, it was what language in your head was that? East European foreign. East European foreign. Is that, is that a recognised dialect? It's a generic sound. Now, you know why I've chosen... like you're reversing a vinyl. <laughs> I sound like when you've got too many... Uh, <laughs> It sounds like you sound on this podcast when you've got too many windows up on your laptop and occasionally it goes... Do you know why I did that as my this is the foreign language I can't speak? Because these are tumultuous times and we've already done a would you rather that included a guy not from Preston. And I feel like we can do one of those an episode maybe. So I just chose East European because, you know, they're white in my head. You know? No, Scandinavian birds, mate. Imagine that. Imagine that. Going to like an IKEA in Stockholm, be like, which is the home of all Swedish people. Just being like, ah, oh, the flumskum. Oh, it'd be amazing. You'd know what all the fucking furniture in IKEA was actually called. You're such a forty-year-old man. You'd just be walking instead of being like schnupflup and murskum. You could be like every language in the world. That'd be fucking useful. That I'm going straight IKEA. I don't even need to read the English word right below it. I can read this thing. When I get to Wales, I'll know what flint means, even though it's got three Fs in it. <laughs> Maybe I'd love that. I would. I'd love it. I mean, I can't get laid. I'm a happily married man. But um, yeah. I'd love it if Ikea turns out all the furniture's just got, like, dick flap. What's, what a lovely set of drawers there. What are they called? Mukenflukenstik. What, what does that mean? Like, yama in Swedish. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go language. And, you know. Yeah, me too. Do a gig like, in a, no foreign, like, playing a foreign... As long as you can play, like, the triangle and the tambourine. <gasps> and should... I would love to learn Gaelic Scottish or whatever that language is and then be able to speak it to Scottish people as an Englishman when they don't know it themselves. Oh, how satisfying with a fucking welcome to Glasgow. Fucking English, is it? And then you speak like Gaelic. Do they, what do they speak in Scotland? Scottish? Um, English, I think. All right, they speak Glaswegian. It'd be nice to speak that as well. Hey, we say, oh yeah, the hey. fuck are you looking at, Billy? <laughs> Gonna do some impressions before we oh. do a sponsor. Yeah, can we have your Kevin Bridges? Kevin Bridges. <laughs> Is this after his stroke? <laughs> That's good. I can do Billy Connolly as well. Go. Oh, hey, I'm Billy Connolly, hey. Oh, no, that definitely is after the stroke. <laughs> that was good. Give me a sentence to say. Hey, uh, they all bug in. Uh, so I'll say, pull your pants up and put that packet of crisp in the bin. Hey, pull your pants up and put that packet of crisp in the bin. Billy Conley, hey. Sometimes I think you're really trying, and other times I'm like, "This is one of Adam's best ever bits." 
But then it flashes into, I can see the hope in your eyes, like, maybe I've got a fucking future as an impression. Right. Go on. Come on, Bridges. I'll tell you now. I am not giving you a pound just to fucking not stab me. Fucking Jose Katongo. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a four out of ten, that one. Four out, ten, four out of five, you mean? I'm going to give it... No, no, no. Look at you trying to get four stars. Um, go on, what what ones have you... Pre- like, I'm loosely using the word prepared. Have you got some to ask me? <laughs> I don't think I've taken it quite as seriously as you want to, to be taken. Oh, why? My first one's Pingu. <laughs> I don't even know what Pingu sounds like. Oh, you're so young, aren't you? you- no, I just can't remember. <laughs> And then Pingo's down. I think I just wanted to do my Pingo impression. <laughs> I think I just want. I get so we get so competitive with this. And in my head, I was like, I tell you, what, I fucking nailed that Pingo. I think I might be doing that East yeah, European foreign again. It sounds like Scooter. Do you remember that guy? The- can I just say you doing scooter sounds like Orville <laughs> when I was young I could feel so beautiful and I am on scooter I ate that duck <laughs> I love it when references don't hit with Adam because he's too young. Fucking hell. Go on. God, I'm having a good time. I want to know what ones you've prepared. Uh, I wrote down Pingu. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I prepare Mondays and I pre- and I help prepare Patreon. I know we're doing Q&A. I know we're doing like Q&A tennis now with Patreon, which is good. But when you're prepping an episode, uh, it turns out, I really just turn up with my little dick and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, but you said you were preparing some. I, I wrote down Pingu and that's as far as I got. It's been a hard day. I've had okay. to have a walk around. You know, it, it is what I've got written down. By the way, in, in preparation for this, I went on YouTube. I yeah. went on the YouTube, right? I, I, I pulled up the YouTube on the web and uh, I just Googled celebrity impressions because I was like, let's try and do the ones that are really common. The classics. Yeah. There's a video of Seth MacFarlane. You know who that is? The creator of Family Guy? Yeah. On the Graham Norton show, doing impressions of the Family Guy characters that he voices. Yeah. That's not an impression, is it? No. Because it's it's always him. And the people in the audience are like, oh my God, isn't that amazing? No, that's it. His voice. That's no different to me going, oh, here's an impression of Adam Rowe. You ready? All right, Dan. Time for another weird ladder. It's also the hackiest of interview, isn't it? If you've got someone who does the voice of someone, it's the equivalent of asking a comedian, so how did you uh, get started in comedy? Oh, you do voices. Could you do them on the show? Oh, bore off. I know that's what he's there for, but... Have you got any from uh, Family Guy? Can you Peter Griffin? Go on. You can. It's a 7 out of 10. Don't try and talk and ruin it, because I want you to keep... Lois? What? I said Lois. <laughs> Six out of ten. 
It's time for the podcast, man. Adam and Dan. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> so here's what I've got. Uh, Jürgen Klopp, Don King, Hulk Hogan, Chris Eubank, Barack Obama, Gollum, Denzel Washington, Danny Dyer, Will Smith, Mark Wahlberg, Jimmy Carr, Chris Rock, Anton Dech. Right. Go on then. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Do you want that list in front of you so that you can? No, 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 no. You you pick out the you pick out the ones you fancy the most. I mean, Hulk Hogan's easy in it because you just go, oh yeah. Oh no, that's oh yeah. Well, that's Macho Man Randy Savage. I don't actually know how to do Hulk Hogan. Oh, can't yeah. do that. Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> That's not matchup. Uh, what's your Barack Obama? You haven't got a Barack Obama. Be careful. What do you mean, be careful? Just go on. The time is now. We must fight Donald Trump. We must defeat him. I'm saying this as Barack Obama. <laughs> I used to be the president. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Ah. Uh. Used to be the president of America. I'm not anymore. But there's a prick that is. And I say we outvote him. My name is Barack Obama. Okay. That was b- b- terrible. But I love the what? effort. I love the effort. What do you mean terrible? It's bad. Did you know who it was? Yeah. Yeah. No. So then it's perfect, isn't it? I knew who it was because at the end of it, you went, I am Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> that counts I think your Chris Rock might be very fucking similar which is worrying <laughs> isn't it I do comedy there is a prick in the White House uh, Chris Rock's well different is it I can't believe my name is Chris I do comedy I'm on the Have a World podcast Hercules 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 Oh, I think we should get away from black people because no, I just no, feel don't like say that. Yeah, I what just do you mean get away from them. Because ju- get away from you. Segregation, no, disgusting. Mate. You are disgusting. And I will not your have that impressions. From my don't try and turn this round on me. Make it live. Go on. What what other ones jump out at you? <sighs> Gollum. Go on. All the places. Oof. I remember when that came out for the first time and I was like Tolkien definitely had a dying gran because that was that was like my gran on a deathbed where's the cigarettes we want them where's the silk cutlers up yeah um Denzel Washington oh god (laughs) (laughs) oh no I did that one last time Um, I think you've done it twice already Jimmy Carr (sighs) (laughs) not bad actually not bad (laughs) not bad and uh, so done to win eight meals for camp all you've got to do is lick my bum on 
One, one more because I feel nauseous. Um, Danny Dyer. <laughs> oh God. God. Fuck it. I'm Donny Dyer. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> wait, 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 no, no. I thought that was going to be the... Catching me that way. Like Donny Dyer. <laughs> I just went down Doodle Door. Listen, you fucking mag. My name is Danny Dyer. I'm from fucking London. The fucking hard bit. Not the fucking poncy bit. Like your fucking cousin. I fucking do you in, sunshine. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, can we have a little breathe? Oh, Adam. It's definitely a future in it for you, isn't it? Does that is how it feels? Oh, hey. Hey. Adam's got a huge future. Doing impressions. That is good. Jesus, that is your best one. That and Hercules. Do the classics. Hercules, Hercules, there you Hercules. Go. There you go. <laughs> Get, right, just to close it out. Because you're mouth in the back of an egg and a bitch you like this. <laughs> Right, and, and Mandela and Clo- you're always cl- even new material. You close on your on your headline bits. Come on, bit of Mandela, and then we'll go for a break. I want to live in a world where a man and a woman can live together. It's a good job you had that at the end of the set, though, because it was ropey. Fifteen minutes in. It's time for have a sponsor with Vauxhall Comedy Club. <laughs> Just a guess. Yeah. Just a guess. You know them, you love them. It's Vauxhall Comedy Club in that day, London. If you're visiting London, if you're going down for the weekend, take your missus, take your fella, take them to go and see comedy. There's some cracking comedy shows in London. Some of them, and I've played them, are a little lacking in fucking soul. Vauxhall Comedy Club. This is a comedy club done with love and care and done properly in a great room with great atmosphere with brilliant comics, some from the TV, some up-and-coming circuit talent. And the absolute best of it, if you're there for the weekend, is Friday and Saturday night and down at Vauxhall Comedy Club, they call it bottomless booze comedy so basically you pay them an entry fee with the money for your booze included it's 25 quid it's a 90 minute show and you also get bottomless booze wine beer cider 25 quid there's also a spirit and mix of bottomless ticket that starts at 35 pound and if you're a purist you're staying sober you're fucking zyvan the ticket's just a tenner once we're done with the rona and back to normal trading Vauxhall Comedy Club is usually open Monday to Saturday it's right next to a street food garden and between now and then do us a favour at have a word and follow the Vauxhall Comedy Club online you can join the mailing list it's at Vauxhall Comedy Club on Insta at Vauxhall Comedy on Twitter and Vauxhall Comedy Club on Facebook it's an over 18 night out and you never know come the autumn you might see me and Adam there from Texas to Scam, every lead is listening to the funniest podcast in the game this is Have a Word it's time to have a word with Adam and Dan your mother's gonna have in the back of a neck and bitch you like this. I'm that I'm gonna get that on the soundboard. How'd you lose? Oh, Whenever okay. men- you mention your big dick, I can lose. I can lose. We've uh, we've got a have a word from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. 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 
Anonymous. Anonymous. Anonymous. Anonymous. Football's nearly started, Adam. I'm going to have a few alcohols when the football starts. I haven't drank in over a month. My God. Um, I want you to have a word with snake in the grass, rats in work. I am fuming. Mm. Someone I work with thinks it is acceptable to go pissing in the boss's ear, which I don't think is a phrase. <laughs> I'll tell you what though I, I get what it is though. I like it It works In context It's great Who it thinks it's acceptable To go pissing In the boss's ear About a normal Office moan About said boss So basically The person who's Writing into us Was slagging their boss off And some fucking Rat Went to the boss And told them This resulted in the boss Ringing me up at home To question me About my moaning what matters? What makes matters worse is that the snake who did the grassing is the world's worst for bitching about the boss. Have a word. Thanks from a raging word. Ah, that hypocrisy reminds me of cunts I don't like. I know exactly that sort of behaviour. The ones who call it out are always the fucking worst for it. Because nice people... Don't call people out for it because they don't see it because they don't fucking do it. They're just nice people. Little snakes are like, this person did that. Did you hear that person did this? And they're always the one going, snake. Fucking horrible. I had a fucking horrible bell end of a colleague like this in work once who, um, like, caused a bit of a fucking rift. And I nearly ended up having a fight with someone who was a mate because, so I was a manager. Uh, like base level manager supervisor sort of role at a nightclub in Liverpool called Envy um, and the the management above us was a fella called Ryan who I don't mind saying on a public pro- platform was a fucking bell end a cunt and I didn't like him um, Hi Ryan thanks for listening <laughs> and so we just had staff at the nightclub, right? There wasn't like your bar staff, you're a glass collector, you're a this. It was just staff and you were expected to do whatever role you were told to do that night, okay? So the, the different roles there were, there was on on the bar, making the drinks and doing the till. That was one role. There was the glass cleaning station. There was the restocking of the bar because we sold stuff that quick. By the time you'd put a case of Corona in the fridge, it'd sell. So you'd have to go and get another one from the cellar and bring it up and fill it. And then there was the the floor staff, which were essentially glass collectors slash cleaners. So they had to go round the jam-packed, busy nightclub, pick up all the plastic glasses that people just threw on the floor and bring them to the cleaning station for someone else to clean them. And they'd also have to mop the floors and whatever. The floor job was everyone's least favourite position, right? So <laughs> we had a meeting with management and we, my level of management, let's call me and the other three supervisors. So the supervisor's um, job was to create the staff plan for each shift. 
So I had to go, right, today we've got Dan Nightingale, Freddie Quinn, Paul Smith, Danny McLaughlin in. I'm going to put Dan Nightingale on the floor. I'm going to put Danny on the stock, Paul Smith on the till, and Freddie over there. It was my job to do that and the other supervisors. And we got told, right, obviously there's a lot of people who moan about being put on the floor staff shift. Um, So from now on, if anyone demands not to be on the floor shift or asks not to be on the floor shift, you immediately put them on the floor shift. It should be a fair thing. And anyone who's whinging about it, they get put straight on it. And I was like, ugh, what a horrible policy, but okay. And then, I mean, Maze, it was a boy, but his name was Steph. And he come into work um, on Boxing Day, I think it was. Right? Oh, and also we were told if anyone refuses to go on the floor and says, I'm not doing that, you send them home. Wow. They're not permitted to demand another part of the shift. You just Their shift's cancelled. Um, so my mate, Steph, a boy called Steph, he comes in and uh, I'm on the bar and he was, it was just me and another supervisor who I won't name. Um, and he come in and come on to the bar where me and the other supervisor were currently doing the floor plan for later that day. And he went, lad, do us a favour. It's Boxing Day. A lot of me mates are going to be in here tonight and I can't be asked dealing with them. I don't want to be on the floor. Just don't put us on the floor. I've been on the floor loads lately. And I went, all right, lad. And then the other supervisor had heard that conversation and she came up to me and was like, you've got to put them on the floor. And I went, I don't though, do I? The only people who know about it are me, you and him. Just don't say anything. He's got a reason for it. And she went, you've got to put him on the floor. And I went, I don't just forget about it. So she went to the manager and told him. And the manager then told her to come and tell me, no, he gets put on the floor. So I was forced to do it. Steph then comes to me and goes, what the fuck, lad? And I was like, look, it's out of my hands. Because you asked not to be put on the floor, I've been told I've got to. And he's like, lad, I'm not doing the shift on the floor. So it's not happening. And I went, well, you're going to have to go home then, lad. And he went, not a problem. I'd rather not work tonight anyway. Um, it's boxing nice to try to be out with me, mate. So he went home. And then I got in trouble with the manager who enforced me to do it because he said I should have done everything possible to keep that member of staff in because it's one of the busiest nights of the year and we needed as many staff as possible. I ended up getting a disciplinary because of this and they were in the process of essentially trying to sack me for that. I ended up getting another job and just leaving Holy anyway. Holy shit. Wow. That's fucking ridiculous. Oh, bollocks. But yeah, grassing to the boss is just a fucking... And what? Sneak and the girl that action. the girl that grasped you in. What? How did it end with you and her? I mean, did you? Because that really, the management above you, bell ends. Yeah, but they're just going. Look, we've set rules, and these are the rules. And the lad who went home, and you, you, you sort of just in. You're on the fucking Skeletrics track because that's the way they've planned it. But the the person who's caused it all is her by just being a ball bag. How were you well, with her the, afterwards? No, the, girl, the girl who did it, I. <sighs> I don't hold her responsible because there was cameras all over the place. I don't know whether there was microphones on them as well. I think there were actually. And I think she was just worried because this manager was a fucking bell end. And I think she was worried that somehow the manager would have heard it and then would go to her and go, 
why didn't you tell Adam oh. to put him on? Do you know what I mean? It wasn't here. And I, I, I still know the scale and um, I, sh- I shouldn't really call her a grass for it because I think she was just trying to make sure that this bell end of a manager. This is a bad rule. And th- and it's also an atmosphere of fear. That's a workplace. And, and I've been 18, 19 and worked on bars and the managers that we, like, I don't think how we got treated back in the day, you could treat staff like we got treated like I've oh, seen things smashed not. against we're, walls in fucking anger you're like oh my god are we like your house like it's awful the feel of it you're like so aggressive and like bully tactics to make you do stuff and in the end we were like six quid an hour or something if that oh he was such a fucking gobshite this guy he really 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 fucking was and yeah it a, a very hostile way. I got a real good moment of satisfaction with, with regards to that though because they, they did this disciplinary right and they were essentially trying to find a way to sack me and I it was just before I was ready to go full time at stand up and I found another job um, in another better bar on better wages with fewer bartenders which means you get more tips yep um, and on the second to last day of the disciplinary proceedings, I went in and I went, here's me resignation. And he went, oh, great. Then we don't have to do any disciplinary work. So sound, we accept your resignation. And he shouldn't have done that. He should have carried the resignation thing on, it, the disciplinary on. Because if I'd have got sacked for misconduct, he wouldn't have had to give me my holiday pay. But because he accepted me resignation, I was owed like three weeks holiday pay, so he owed me a few hundred quid, and I, I got that to leave with. Oh, beautiful. The worst thing he ever made us do, that fucking arsehole, was we were open Christmas Eve one year, right? Now, the nightclub I worked in traditionally would, through, it was open seven nights a week from like 10 o'clock at night till four, five, six in the morning. <laughs> and Healthy, healthy time to be open till, you know? Good. Always good to on, drink on till six. Weekend, it was open from ten AM till six in the morning because it was open for the early kickoffs of the football, right? But it was Christmas Eve and we opened at like nine, ten o'clock at night, and it was really quiet. And everyone in the city centre would speak to each other, all the different clubs, and everywhere was fairly quiet. Every bar just had a few people in. And he kept going, no, let's just stay open another hour. Like, we were like, come on, it's fucking Christmas Eve. Want to go home? It's one o'clock in the morning now, so let us go. Another hour. Let's just wait another hour, see if we get a bit of a rush. And what he was doing was waiting because he knew every other bar was shutting at two o'clock. They'd all decide at two o'clock we shut no matter what. And every single person in Liverpool City Centre came to our club at 2 a.m., and we were open till six o'clock in the morning and we were in there cleaning the place till about quarter to eight in the morning, Christmas cunting morning. Fucking hell. Having lived that life, having done that job and done a few years of that stuff, I, yeah, I'm not making light because you, there's people listening to this who do that job and do jobs like it. Jesus Christ. There is easier ways to make money than being cleaning a bar at quarter to eight. God almighty. In Fiori. And so what I would say is if you are a grass in work, you can do that. And do you know what? It'll it'll help you out a bit, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like you've got to do it. 
Um, it'll help you out with regards to work but I tell you right now you're going to end up fucking miserable and everyone in work is going to think you're a rat they're not going to tell you the little things that they're slagging off like whoever's done this and it sounds like our our listener who's wrote in knows who it was I hate she'll never trust you again and no one in the office will trust you again with like little moans and this and that you've you've fucked yourself up so keep grassing that's my other way but yeah keep grassing keep losing your mates Keep showing exactly who you are. You fucking, fucking slithering, mate. You might think you might see a little gain, like, "Ooh, I'm going to be like brown and I've really benefited from this." But there's dark magic in you now. You're just long term. You'll never win with that sort of fucking behaviour. Ellen. <laughs> oh, mate, what an emotional roller coaster that was. A good one, nah. That was a good pod. <laughs> that I love it when no, it no. feels meaty. Hour and 30, hour and 40. Oof. Oof. Jesus. Um, Got a song for you. This is uh, like a club song, actually. It's been sent in by a friend of a friend. So Tony Carroll, who we've mentioned before, former comedian turned nightclub manager. Um, His mate's a DJ and puts his own mixes and stuff together. Uh, This song is called Where's the Love? And the artist, the DJ, is Sammy LaRoche. S-A-M-M-Y space. L A space R O C H E. This is Samuel Roach with Where's the Love? And we'll see you on Monday. Nice one. See you later. Bye, Bye, Felicia.
Nobody's love is stronger than mine. Where was the love we used to know? 